At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the block. We'll waste no time in going to our VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We welcome in Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald on our Aloe VIP line. Evan, a couple weeks on the road between Minnesota and Boulder. How does it feel to be looking at five out of the next six Husker football games at home? Hmm. Well, personally, yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, having having that uh, those travel days back, not the worst things in the world. But I think, yeah, for Nebraska too, man, it's what a what a way to start the year. A couple Power Five challenges on the road, and now you get a chance to settle in and and finally get Matt Rule's home debut. I mean, it's, how weird is that that we're two games into the season already and we still haven't had that moment. It is weird, and I think I saw that Nebraska was the only Power 5 team to open with you know two games on the road against a Power 5 opponent. And we've had this discussion about you know coaches' first games, given that the last three Husker coaches have lost their first game. I get it, Mike Riley's came at home against BYU. Um, Scott Frost lost his first game, and now Matt Rule his first two as well. Is that a legitimate complaint that Nebraska has, you know, opening up with a conference game on the road, or is that just part of the deal that Nebraska and its fans just have to accept now with the, you know, changing TV landscape? Well, yeah, you certainly do give up some of your autonomy in that regard, right? If you're going to take the the tens of millions of TV dollars, then they're going to have a say, certainly on what time of day you play, but the more that we move toward the super conference idea and the Big Ten expands, um, yeah, I mean, I think it becomes more obvious that the, as they call it, the inventory or the games that move the needle the most are the the, the ones that pit Power Five against Power Five. And so you're already starting to see a world where you know most teams have gone from four non-conference games to three. Maybe that'll shrink more into the future. And you think about you know, if you do get two non-conference games and you're in Nebraska or whomever, uh, how how enticed are you going to be to, uh, to to make those challenging games too, right? You're going to probably want some some easier competition at home so you can get things rolling a little bit before you get into the gauntlet of your conference season. So, you know, it's, it's been a weird few years for Nebraska. You had Illinois on the road a couple of years ago and then the Northwestern in Ireland game last year and and now, uh, you know, you start at Minnesota this year. You had Ohio State. You were at Ohio State in 2020. So it's been a weird stretch here where, um, you know, it used to be forever that Nebraska would open up at home against a, maybe an FCS foe or group of five type of team. And uh, I think just the way that, that things are going, certainly, and then just some circumstances with Nebraska, 
every year has been just jumping right into the fire. And, and Nebraska obviously uh, hasn't had the success that it's wanted early on in those instances. Matt Rule's uh, Nebraska team off to a slow start, not quite to the degree that his Temple and Baylor teams were, you know, 0-8, 0-6, whatever it was that those two programs started in his first year. Obviously, you never say never. We've seen Nebraska go on losing streaks like that in the past. But with Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech coming up the next couple weeks, it seems like there are a couple opportunities for wins there. Having lost these first two, does it make you reevaluate what you think is possible for the Huskers this season? Does it not move the needle at all? Where are you with the the overall expectations for this team? Well, I mean, I think about the discussions coming into the year, and I was in the camp that said six and six, maybe seven and five, if things break right. And just because you lose two road games to start the year, I don't know that that changes all that much. I still think there are a number of toss-up games that uh, as Nebraska figures itself out it can win I think that Illinois game on a Friday night is one of them I think Purdue Maryland um, Iowa even Wisconsin like those are all games at this point that Mm -hmm. you're not going to see a a, a heavy favorite one way or the other toss it up Um, so yeah yeah I I think six and six is still very much on the table and it's going to have to start this week like we said you're you're home for two weeks. These are games where you got to figure figure yourself out a little bit, especially on the offensive side. You know, what do you want to be as an offensive group? Are you going to continue to lean on Jeff Sims, assuming he plays, um, or are you going to have to change things up a little bit to protect the ball, to find a way to generate more offense, to try and uh, find a way to get some more of your playmakers involved, like Billy Kemp or Thomas Fedoni or, or your running backs. Uh, so I think this is still a group, certainly on that side, that has some work to do, and maybe the uh, the the change of scenery uh, to a friendly home environment where you're not having to go to silent counts and things of that nature can help them figure some of that out. But I think big picture, um, you know, it's it's about how you finish the season. Uh, that's how you're going to judge year one under Matt Rule is how they finish. Do you give? Do you have something to be optimistic for to build on into the next year? And I think that part of the story remains very much unwritten. I think uh Evan you said you said one thing and the way that you said it it didn't come out uh in the same way that I'm going to say it it is finding an identity especially on the offensive side of things is is who are you going to be I love that you did that I didn't have to answer that question but the question is then uh after seeing two power 5 schools getting an opportunity to watch both sides of the ball uh, introduction of different people, you know, one one game, as you said, Billy Kemp really is a no-show. Then the next game, he becomes, you know, a, you know, valuable piece in in the passing game. Uh, hadn't seen the tight ends really get overly involved as of yet, but we're hoping to see more of that. What do you think the area of Nebraska's focus, recruiting, transfer portal? Uh, and that percentage-wise, with what we have, the youth that we have, the new additions, the younger players that they're still trying to coach up, what what do you see are the areas of weaknesses that they really need to focus on and, and, and what areas of development they really need to hone in on uh, throughout this season and going forward? Well, I think it's got to be on the offensive side, and part of the reason I say that is because the defense has not only been – solid to start i mean better than solid but they played so many guys to where i think you've already gotten an answer to what's life like once luke reimer and nick henrich move on i mean you've got mckay bayer out there making plays and javen wright um you know you can kind of see what the line is going to look like in a year or two with prince will uman Mielin and and cam lenhart and riley van poppel 
the secondary is deep uh, beyond the starters there too. You can point to guys like Marcus Buford or whomever else. Like that's the, that that side of the ball seems like it's well on the way. To me, it's going to be on that other side. I mean, uh, the offensive line I think has gone from probably a liability last year to to, to better, but maybe Manageable. not quite the asset that mm-hmm. they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So that's probably a position, although that's a really difficult position to recruit out of the portal. Uh, you know, receiver depth, certainly. I mean, Marcus Washington's a senior. Billy Kemp, uh, this is his last year of eligibility. So in all likelihood, Nebraska is going to be going back to the portal at that position. Um, you know, running back, I think you, you still got a, a number of young guys. Uh, Anthony Grant's the only one who's out of eligibility after this year. Tight end's still pretty young. So at this point, as I'm kind of, I guess, projecting out, it would probably be the offensive line, receiver, and then depending on how things shake out the rest of this season, I think you got to go back uh, and look for a quarterback as well. I mean, and that's that's the other part about it. Um, now that the, the portal's been out for a few years, you can kind of see what positions are easier to find there and which ones are a lot more difficult. And I think history, to this point, numbers would say that if you want to find a starting quarterback, if you want to find a playmaking receiver out of the portal, you can do that. So that's probably where I would start if I were Nebraska. As you look at that quarterback position, again, assuming Jeff Sims moves on, he's not back, and you're diving into the portal for another quarterback, are you looking for your typical kind of NFL journeyman bridge guy, your rookie's not ready, he'll start this year, but mostly he's there to mentor? Or are you going for someone in more of a similar position to like where Chubba Purdy was coming out of Florida State, where he's young, he has a few years of eligibility, and he'll be a guy that will compete with Daniel Kalen maybe a little further ahead so he can sit one, maybe two years? What, what, would, you, what would you do in that situation? Yeah, I mean, it's so tough, right? Because you don't even know, like, until December, maybe sometimes into January, who's even available, just by the way mm-hmm. that the, the windows work and how guys come about. I mean... Some of that's going to depend on how they feel about Kalen coming in, because mm-hmm. if you look at Matt Rule's history, he started freshman uh, during his early in his rebuilds at Temple and at Baylor. Uh, P.J. Walker and Charlie Brewer were both first-year guys that they built around and built up, and by year three, you know, they were winning double-digit games. So maybe they feel like Daniel Kalen's that guy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, you know, maybe they find another young player out of the portal. Like you mentioned, I mean, Chubba Purdy was a, a transfer, but was, you know, a half step removed from being a freshman, essentially, because he moved so early. So some of that's going to depend on who's available, what connections maybe this uh, Nebraska staff has with uh, other coaches related to those quarterbacks in the portal. Um, you know, I you probably want to find, ideally, a guy who, 
can give you multiple years. I don't know that you want to build um, on sort of a, a one-year quarterback situation every year, which is what Nebraska has done the last couple of years. Um, you know, it's just it's harder to, to, to build that sort of continuity and, and what you want within the offense. So probably someone who can give you multiple years, again, unless you feel like Kalen is the guy that you want to build around right away, and maybe he is. This is this is an hilarious question. It is, it is It's not really a hypothetical, but it's just kind of a – you know, just just a, 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 a something to throw out to the wind and just see where it lands. Because here's the thing, right? Uh, uh, Deion Sanders did something with Shador that I think has helped him along the way, which is put him around pros. Got him with Tom Brady. Got him with other, you know, in NFL quarterbacks and coaches and really helped him to be able to learn the coach – I mean, the ways of the quarterback and not just the athlete, Right. I think that's kind of where Jeff Sims is. Now, check this out. Chubba Purdy has a brother that is absolutely shaking up the landscape of the NFL, and it's doing some outlandish things right now and has come back and just had a phenomenal game. Like, one of the things if I'm Coach Rule is I'm like, get down there and watch your brother. What is he doing? What is he studying? What has made him to become the man that he is is in the NFL right now and learn his ways? You know what I mean? Like you have the same pedigree. What I mean, and not that all brothers. I mean, let's go. We got Eli and Peyton. I mean, so there's there's pedigrees out there. But what I'm saying is, man, if I'm him, I'm really massaging that. Like I'm I'm like, man, if you're not playing this week and they and we've got an off week, I'm sending him down there to just sit in the freaking quarterback room with his brother. You know what I mean? What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a great connection to have. And what, what I would say about that is that I think Brock Purdy is a great example of what can happen to a quarterback and just the, the erratic nature of the position, right? I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL draft a few years ago, which which tells you, you know what, like every NFL team had multiple chances to take him. Nobody did until, uh, you know, San Francisco finished it out at the very end. So, that to me, you know, if, if you're if you're Chubba Purdy, if you're Heinrich Harburg, I think if you can you can look at that example and say, hey, you know, we got a shot here. We're not finished products, and right. I think there's there exists a, a perception of what Harburg and Purdy are, what they can be, and you could apply this to Jeff Sims as well, and that that that's sort of it for them. Um, but I think again, you look at Purdy, you can look at a number of examples in in college and pro where uh, guys made leaps guys learned guys figured out who they were had an offense that uh catered to their strengths and then they thrived and so you know most of those guys are younger players still whose whose stories have not been written so i think brock purdy's story again is a great example of what can happen and just shows you that man just when you think you have something figured out especially at that position uh you probably don't Talking with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here on our Allo VIP line. Evan, I do want to talk about the defense. Last week I asked you some, you know, real, not real questions. One more that popped up after an eight-sack performance is the Husker pass rush, right? I think a lot of people have been clamoring for more of that. You're getting pressure from linebackers, from defensive linemen, uh, even a secondary sack from Taman Lynham. 11 sacks through two games, tied with Tennessee for the national lead. Do you think Nebraska's pass rush can keep it up? Do you think that was the product of a leaky Colorado offensive line? Where are you at with the Huskers' ability to get after the quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I, I count me among the, the guys who would say that that's 
sustainable. I mean, what they did against Minnesota the week before, that's not a team that's used to uh, or accustomed to <clears throat> passing as much as they had to do. Colorado, you could kind of see why the numbers would be a little bit up just because, you know, CU made no qualms about the fact that they were going to pass. They were going to improvise in the passing game, and they hit on a lot of balls. But when you when you drop back that often, yeah, you're probably going to get hit a few times as they did. But I, I think the thing that that uh, would tell me that it's sustainable also is just how many different guys are contributing. It's not been like one one player's had a great game. I mean, you've had Cam Linhart, Riley Van Poppel. You mentioned Taman Lynham. Uh, John Bullock's been in there from the linebacker spot. Nick Henrich. So, like, everybody's doing it. I think it's a product certainly of, of their individual talents, but also of the scheme and how, uh, you know, opposing quarterbacks just don't always know where the rush or where the pressure is going to come from. And we've seen that. And when you pair that with pretty good coverage on the back end, which, uh, you know, Nebraska's secondary has done well through two weeks, then you even get a coverage sack or two in there like we saw against Colorado. So, yeah, I think the depth of it, um, the fact that they've kept up that production against two very different styles of offense between Minnesota and Colorado – uh, would lead me to, to believe that that will continue moving forward. And you look at their next opponent in Northern Illinois, I mean, Rocky Lombardi uh, is a guy who has not been, um, you know, great at taking care of the ball through two weeks either. So we'll see you know, how much more they can um, wreck some havoc or interfere with what Northern Illinois is doing as well. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. That's where I was going next. For all the sacks, only two turnovers, Omar Brown interception and then a fumble recovery, a forced fumble and recovery late against Colorado. Is this a defense that you think has the ability to force turnovers and they're just not doing it yet? Um, is that a credit to the two quarterbacks they've played that have pretty well taken care of the ball? Can Nebraska, you know, actually create more possessions for its offense? Well, that's the big question. And it kind of reminds me of the <clears throat> Nebraska defense in 21 when they right. had – it was a very similar type of situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were getting stops. They were stopping the run. Maybe weren't pressuring the quarterback as much, but they just didn't – get those big takeaways and I think that's going to be one of the stories of this season is I think it's become pretty clear that the offense is is limited right now we'll see how that extends the rest of the year but the one thing that can really give you a spark uh, is is setting your offense up with a short field or or even more than that getting a pick six or a a scoop and score or whatever it might be so I don't know that we're to the point of, of uh, you know, 2022 Iowa, which couldn't move the ball at all and had to rely on their defense for points to win. But I do think, you know, again, a few a few takeaways to give uh, Jeff Sims and company a short field can go a long way. And, and maybe it's just that simple that some of those, um, you know, takeaways that can set up the offense would be the difference in swinging some of those games. Husker football suffers its second loss of the season against Colorado on Saturday. Stanford volleyball suffers its second loss of the season last night at the hands of Husker volleyball. Uh, when your tweets last night, Evan, succinct, Harper Murray is her. The early returns <laughs> on this freshman class are absolutely incredible. What a statement win for that team last night. Yeah, it was it was something to watch, man. I mean, Stanford's been one of the gold standards in college volleyball. They still are similar to Nebraska, <clears throat> and I just, the thing that stood out to me was just how physical they were. I mean, Nebraska's been, uh, you know, one of the top passing teams for a number of years. When they're at their best, though, is when they have that big net presence, and it's been a few years, I think, since you really felt like, man, you don't want to hit into that block, and uh, with Becca Alec and 
and just some of the the, the front line hitters that they have, Merritt Beeson as well, <clears throat> Harper Murray. Like you can just kind of look across the board, and there's there's depth, there's talent, there's versatility, all over the place, and there's there's youth too. Um, so look out, right? Like it kind of felt like uh, Nebraska volleyball maybe just needed a little little new new you know fresh blood, new faces in there this year. Um, certainly, this freshman class has done it. And now, I mean, you think about their their non-conference where they've played in front of 92,000, so you've got uh, that experience in your belt, and now you go on the road and you beat one of the sports perennial powerhouses in their own gym. Uh, what a really interesting way to set up what should be a fun Big Ten conference season, and I think, it, you know, it puts them on that short list to be contenders in uh, December. Sure does. That's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us on our Allo VIP line. Evan, as always, thanks for the time. Enjoy your own bed, some home cooking for a few weeks uh, with Husker football. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. There he is. Evan joins us on our Allo VIP line, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We'll step aside, wrap up hour one of On the Block in just a sec. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.